0: Good afternoon, everyone out there on Facebook Live and anyone that is tuning in a little bit later into the podcast. Uh, my name is Danny. I have the privilege of serving Mosaic as the Community Life Pastor over at the WDW campus. And this is Renaud, who hey is the lead pastor for so Mosaic. Good to be with you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great to be with you guys today. Uh, we're very, very excited to be able to continue our journey through Uh, exploring uh, some of the personality types that exist uh, in the Enneagram personality test, just uh, as it brings clarity to understanding ourselves and understanding God's wiring of us and understanding one another and how we function. So we're very excited about that. Um, As some of you probably know, because our Facebook live audience, many of you are connected to the story of Mosaic and to our story, Um, you may be aware of the journey that Bella South has been taking and the South family Um, and I bring that up just because um, as many of you probably know from social media that on um, Monday night is that right yeah that's right Monday night um, around 1215 uh, Bella took her last breath on this planet and uh, left to be free of the body that she was trapped in Um, after complications with the five-organ transplant that she had. And Scott and Julie, Bella's parents, are um, some of our best friends, mine and my wife's. And uh, Scott is one of my best friends. So uh, this week has been a a heavy and um, difficult week. Um, And just want to share that for two reasons. One, because I would love for you guys to be praying for the South family um, as they are navigating the journey of loss and grief this week. Um, and for those of us that are walking with them and are part of their lives and story as well. Um, and then also just to know that as we travel through our time here today, today I'm very excited to travel through the Enneagram stuff. Um, if you sense a little bit of just kind of I'm not as excitable as I can tend to be, um, it's not because of lack of excitement of this, just that I'm living in two worlds simultaneously today. So, um, And that's okay. We live on planet Earth. And planet Earth is the collision of beauty and brutality every day. And so we, we live in those two worlds, and that is part of our experience on this planet. So be praying for the South. Uh, that would be really, really great. Um, but besides uh, stepping into that, we are here to talk Enneagram today. Yeah. Um, and we have divided the numbers into um, uh, groupings of three because they divide naturally into that in what we call the triads of the Enneagram. Um, And each triad has a uniqueness. So, um, Danny, why don't you remind us a little bit about what we talked about last week on the triads? Absolutely.
0: So, like just
1: Renaud just said, there are
0: three triads that consist of three numbers in each. And last week, we had the opportunity to talk about the body triad or that instinctual center, the gut reaction. Mm. So, those are the numbers, the eight, the nines, and the ones. And they see the world through instinctual movements, through rhythms of kind of shooting from the hip first and just going at it and kind of feeling their way, but from their instinct, from their gut. Uh, Usually they can be described as people with a lot of street smarts even. Uh, Then this week we're going to be talking about the two, threes, and fours, and this is the heart center or the feeling center, the emotional center. This is for those who tend to feel their way through the difficulties and the beauties of life. They can tend to operate from a sense of affection or for admiration, for acceptance, for appreciation, that they have this longing for feeling in one way or another. And then what we'll be talking about next week is our last triad, which is the head or our thinking center, that triad that is made up of those individuals who want to process through. Now, in each of those numbers, which are the fives, the six, and the sevens, they do that a little bit differently where one might be very cerebral and want to think through every part of it, where another, the seven, might be a little bit more think through it quickly and jump, and we'll figure it out as we go through it. So each one of the numbers is beauty. It has a beautiful sense to it. And each of those triads make it uh, a
1: compelling way as we journey through the Enneagram. And remember with the triads, sometimes what can be confusing is uh, you'll say, for example, today we're dealing with the heart triad or the feeling Mm -hmm. triad. And then you deal with like the number three, and number threes don't tend to say, oh my gosh, I feel deeply. They're like, feelings? What are, what are feelings? Mm-hmm. So when we say it's a feeling triad, or when we say, for example, um, it's a gut triad, sometimes that means that that number ignores their gut. Yeah. Because they function from the gut, it's their coping mechanism. Just yeah. like the three will ignore feelings, so they're actually not feelers, typically, because they are feeling Absolutely. deeply. Does that make sense? Whereas another one of the numbers in that triad, the way they express that they're a feeler is by expressing feelings deeply. So when you're in a triad, and we say your numbers in that triad, and you go, "I don't shoot from the gut," well, maybe you ignore the gut because you're a gut person, like the nines do, versus the eights that you know absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: And so as we start our journey today through the Heart center, that feeling triad. Uh, uh, One thing that we did over the last two weeks is we unpacked uh, really a general concept of the enneagram two weeks ago. And then last week we did talk about the gut triad. So if you have not listened to those, those are available on the podcast. So you can check out all of those. But today we are going to be focusing again on the type two, type three, and the type four. So without further ado, you ready to jump in? Let's do
1: it. All right. Let's do it. So, we will start with the type two, um, and again, uh, what we did last week and what we're going to do this week again is we 're going to just kind of travel through sort of a fifty thousand foot level on these types. We recommend if this is something of interest to you that you jump into some of the more detailed um, descriptors uh, the Road back to you um, describes these numbers very well uh, in. More detail than what we'll be doing, and we recommend that um, you jump into some of that to get a fuller understanding. But this is going to give you a quick overview. And the way we'll do that is we'll talk in each number about generally how that number functions. Then we'll talk about some of the bullet points that in a healthy version or an unhealthy version make up that number. And again, just remember this when we're talking healthy and unhealthy, um, it is going to be very rare, uh, maybe never, that someone is. Purely healthy or purely unhealthy. That is not the goal. It is understanding where the parts of me currently are unhealthy and where they are healthy, maintaining these, and slowly working from unhealthy to health. So you're going to hear words on both lists, and you should be able to identify with both. Now, all of us are going to hear the unhealthy list and go, we're going to feel it, but not so much. But just face it, look into it, and go, oh, I've got some of that in me. And that's okay. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the narrative that um, tends to be the wrong narrative for each number. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about how we can love uh, well each of these numbers. Because the, the goal of this, again, is not to, to put anyone in a box. So I just want to be clear about that. Again, my, my Enneagram friend, John Fouché, I love how he always put it. This The Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It just tells you what box you're already in mm-hmm. so that we can love you in that box and so that you can get out of that box and so it really is a, it should be both a freeing personal thing and a freeing relational yeah. thing. Which makes it that it's not a
0: tool to beat other people over the head with. That's with, right. Oh, you are such a blank, a yeah. whatever number. Yep. But instead, you get to grow in empathy as you grow in self-awareness as
1: well, which is a really beautiful tool. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. So the number two, the loving person or mm. the helper. Yeah. I, mean, I'm just, I feel warm and fuzzy already. It's just so beautiful. All you twos out there, take a deep sigh and go, yes, yes. the loving person. That's me. So um, the two type. Uh, let me read a little bit here. And like I said last time, I do some reading now because we worked so hard on this. There's no need to try to say it better without reading it. So the twos see the world in terms of loving and serving people. So like, you have to understand that that's just their filter. They look at the world and they, they ask, how can I love and serve the people around me? They can be a healing presence in the world when they are healthy. They uniquely image Christ Jesus in this way, that the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve. So there again is each of the numbers uniquely uh, image Christ in a certain way. That is their unique imaging of Christ. Life is about being generous and meeting the needs of others. They will be the first to come to your rescue. Out uh, of this viewpoint, twos cultivate a gift for empathy and moving toward others in love and service. They seek to bring unconditional love to the world around them with their nurturing, open-hearted, compassionate demeanor. They are supportive, sensitive, and encouraging people. And they love to see others thrive Mm. and find joy. Twos are always others oriented. Oh, yeah. They're like, if you're thriving and you're helped and you're joyful, I'm happy. Great, yeah. But we are all people with need. And the downside of being this amazing person is that when all your orientation is toward others being helped, what does that naturally then mean? that none of your orientation is toward your neediness, and so that leads to some other things. So before I read the next paragraph, the however paragraph, uh, these are the words that describe a loving two. Relational, generous, people-pleasing, insecure, self-unaware. Now when I say self-unaware, automatically like what? I am aware of myself. We don't mean that you can't do self introspection. We mean that you think more, ab- so much more about others that you literally don't think about yourself. Yeah. That's what we mean. So, however, twos can battle inwardly with shame and pride out of a desperate, listen now, need to be needed. Mm. They will feel a sense of worthlessness if they are not needed by others. They gain their worth and seek after approval from the acceptance of others. They fear being unappreciated and unwanted. Though they greatly desire unconditional love, they wrongly believe that they must earn this love by serving. So I love unconditionally as a two. I long for unconditional love, but I know that when I love unconditionally and serve unconditionally, then you'll love me. So the condition for you to love me is And accept me is me being available to serve at the detriment of my entire self. Okay, Um, uh, they can love others and themselves. Then they can love others. I'm sorry, wrong, wrong sentence. If a two can trust in Christ and rest in His love, then they can love others and themselves unconditionally, while finding their much desired acceptance and well being in Christ as they serve in humility, not serve out of the need to serve. Absolutely. Does that make sense? That's good, It's good. So um, unhealthy twos can talk more about serving others than actually serving them hmm. when they're very unhealthy. That's interesting, it's, yeah. I, I'm seeking acceptance, so I'm gonna tell everyone all the time how I serve others, and I'm so busy doing that I don't actually serve a whole lot. Um, if That's they funny. do serve, then they often want recognition for their usefulness, or they will become insecure and angry. Um, So in in the two's value system, they look for that. Some will take pride in their assistance uh, to the extent of hoping others will not be able to get along without them. So this is the Mm. truly unhealthy Unhealthy two. As soon as you can be independent, you are devaluing me. So I am thrilled when you cannot be independent and you need my help. Like I literally want humans to be weak so I can help them. That's the very unhealthy two. I'm searching for help with that. So, general description there. You heard the beauty and the brutality of the two. Here it is in a list of words. The two at their best. Healthy twos. Loving, nurturing, supportive, hospitable, generous, unselfish, healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. So they're not unconditional in their love to the point of self-detriment. They have healthy boundaries. Affirming, benevolent, serving, Thoughtful, caring, empathetic, and encouraging. So if you're a two, you have some of that, for sure. The unhealthy two at their worst. Smothering. So there's that, you need me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm going to make sure you need me. Possessive. Again, coming out of that space. Manipulative. Flatterer. Mm-hmm. Needy. Selfish. Codependent and overattached people-pleasing in the negative sense, martyr-like. Yeah. I love nothing more than being the martyr because it shows how needed I yeah. was. Absolutely. Patronizing, demanding, overprotective, and difficult to accept help. And I would add to that, impossible to accept help when very unhealthy. Yeah. I need no one. You need me. Because if I need you, then I don't matter. So, the... A core desire of a two is to be needed and loved. Notice both words there, needed and loved. The unfortunate belief of the two is that it is not okay to be needy. I am loved and valued if I care for others without regard of my own needs. So I am—I I need to be needed and loved, but to be loved, I'm going to make sure I'm needed because that's how I'm loved. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's the two can't coexist. One must lead to the other. And that's a false narrative. I am loved because I'm loved, not because I'm needed. So um, the defense mechanism, I must be helpful and caring. Hmm. Like That's how I keep myself being okay. So um, that is is the two's false narrative. Uh, Here are how we best love the two type. So if the two were talking to you, twos, here's I think what you would say to us remind me of who I am in Christ mm-hmm. and to bring my needs to him and to others. Hmm. Remind me regularly, hey, what, what do you need? What yeah. do you need? One of the things, uh, and I, I know several twos, that twos have articulated to me, and you'll see this in the books as well, is that twos desperately have need like all of us do, mm-hmm. but they don't articulate that need because they are helping others, but they're also angry yeah. that no one helps them. Mm-hmm. So here's what a two becomes angry about over time and bitter about. I need help too, mm-hmm. and nobody sees that. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell them, because that would be crazy. Why would yeah. I do that? They should see it and know it yeah. and do it, why? Because I see uh-huh. it and know it and do it. All of our numbers assume that everyone else on the planet sees and knows what we yeah. do. And since a two is very empathetic and knows everyone's needs, why wouldn't everyone know their needs? And since nobody does and nobody helps them, they're a little ticked off about that. Yeah.
0: So, so that's like the whole Mary Martha kind of yes. conundrum right there, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So
1: remind me of who I'm in Christ and to bring my needs to Him and to mm-hmm. others. Tell me specifically what you appreciate about me as well as what you love about me. Mm-hmm. It's just helpful to a two to say, Man, I love this about you and appreciate this about you. Not always, thank you for doing that. Because if all you ever tell twos, because they're always helping, man, you're so helpful. Thanks for doing that you wire their brain to say, people love and appreciate me when I help. Yeah. Tell me things you appreciate about me and love about me. Let me know that I am special and important to you. Mm-hmm. You can do this by showing interest in my favorite topics. Enjoy sharing fun times with me, not only needing me and using me. Mm-hmm. Take a real interest in my problems without letting me transfer attention back to you. Focus this is a big one with twos, right? They share something. If you even ever so slightly... Make it feel uh, that, oh, I also feel that way. <sharp inhale> oh, you do? Let me help you. Yeah. So don't let them divert attention back to you. Yeah. Uh, stay, stay, stay attentive to the needs. Mm-hmm. Gently help me be more realistic about life and relationships because I want everyone to know me and love me, which gets me in trouble. Mm-hmm. Encourage me to accept help. It's a big one. Be sure to ask what I need and be patient and help me clarify. Just one thing, with twos, um, and I've done this a couple times in the twos in my life, like they don't really want help, and they make a big deal out of not wanting it, and then I just kind of like, you're getting it from me whether you like it or not. Now, that is a strategy, and it does work in some way, but it's also helpful to kind of just gently help a two get there versus just Mm -hmm. like dumping help on them. Be sure to ask what I need and be patient and help me clarify. If you need to point out something negative, please be gentle and tell me a few affirming things as well. I can be very sensitive to criticism. Gently help me risk in impressing others. I'm sorry. Gently help me risk expressing how I feel mm-hmm. and encourage and, and engage in conflict when needed. So when a two is, is going to engage in conflict, like a nine, they're like very much not okay with that because it's not helpful. Yeah. But it is helpful when it's uh, constructive. So just help them do that. Um, last thing on the twos. Verses that twos could use to memorize. John 13, 8. Uh, that's when Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share of me. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, I don't need your help. Yeah. I've got your back. Yeah. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Romans 8, 15, and 16. Matthew seven eleven. Bottom line, this is the gospel message A2 needs to hear, and then we'll move on to the next number. It is okay to be needy. That is why Jesus came, because we are all needy yes. and imperfect yes. people. Jesus solemnly warns us in John 13, 8, that if we do not humble ourselves and admit our weaknesses and neediness, then we cannot have a relationship yeah. with him. Yeah. So we're all needy. Yeah. Including you two, yeah,
0: which so. is the beauty in Ephesians two, right, where it says, "For by not your works, for by grace you have been saved." That's and right. if the two can live in that space, like that's where the eternal realities of our of our security with God. Yep, it that should transform our temporal realities right here, right now, the way we live out our story. It's is exactly right. He has done something magnificent. And for all of, for all of you who identify as a two, if you can rest in that, not that all of us don't need that because we all do, but when, for those of us who are twos, who can so easily gravitate towards the spaces of, I need to keep doing, I am what I do. For them to know, no, I'm not what I do. I am defined by what Jesus has already done for me. Like that is life-changing. And in fact, um, there is, we mentioned last week, the Sleeping at Last podcast mm. is a great resource. Uh, there's a, a guy named Ryan O'Neill and he has this music project called Sleeping at Last. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all of that. But he wrote a song for each of the Enneagram numbers. So I actually there's a, a piece for each of these numbers that I thought it would be a great thing to mention for what the beauty and the health of arriving at the true self for the two would be. And in it he says, like a force to be reckoned with, a mighty ocean or a gentle kiss, I will love you without every sing- with every single thing I have. Like a tidal wave, I'll make a mess or calm waters if that serves you best. I will love you without any strings attached. I will love you without any strings attached. And especially that last line, no longer serving for, uh, for acceptance or for identity, but serving out of the overflow of the love of God in our lives. Like That is a beautiful thing for anybody. Period. But especially for the two, if you can rest
1: in the deep waters of the love of God, then you will serve out of who you are, not out of the need you have. And every number we can say that of, then you will lead out of who you are and not what you need. Then you will reform out of who you are and not what you need. And so each of our numbers, that's the journey. I'm partly doing this because I have need, but I'm also gifted in this. So when I do it out of who I am, Then I do it effectively, and it looks the same as though I'm doing it out of need, but I'm doing it in freedom. So, beautiful. So good. Okay.
0: Well, before we get into the three, just want to do a few shout-outs for all those who are listening right now. Uh, We have Michelle, Lauren, Mina, Obi, of course, is listening in. Stephanie, Lynn, Yars, Leslie, Kellyanne. We have Stephen and Juliet Trafton who are listening in right now. Amy. What's up, guys, Stephen?
1: Thank you for this weekend. Yeah, so good. It was unbelievable, and everybody I've talked to is like... (laughs) When is Stephen coming back? so, so good uh, Trisha Penny, Richie,
0: John and April, Heidi and Andy, Jade Allison. We have a lot of people tuning in today, Nadine, Chris. Uh, there are even a few that I want to do a special shout out to because we 're just talking about our twos who have put on there they've self identified as a two so Woo-hoo. Richie and John and April. I hope that that, that that spoke to some of the realities that you have been experiencing and that spoke some truth into those spaces and especially the gospel into that.
1: Amen. Amen. That's yeah. awesome. So That's good. That's awesome. All so right. good. Um, well, and if you guys missed this last weekend, if you call Mosaic home, uh, Stephen, who has memorized the book of Ephesians uh, and some others, did it uh, in a dramatic presentation unbelievable. Uh, living Letters is their ministry, and it was so amazing to have them here so, with us. So guys, thank you again for being here. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, type, type three. three. Let's go. Here we go. So the type three is the effective person or the achiever. So I, I, I love these words because they're just kind of like, man, you're so effective, threes. And, and I will say, um, you'll hear this in some of the Enneagram talk, that from an American cultural standpoint or a Western mm-hmm. cultural standpoint, we We take the threes and we're like, yes, that they're like America personified in this sense that they are effective and they achieve things. And that is our nation, right? We are effective and we achieve things. Um, At least we feel like we are sometimes. But um, but this is, uh, the the danger in that, the reason I bring that up is the danger in that is that if you're a three in our cultural context, the unhealthy side of the three will be very deeply um, pressed upon you and valued in you And it's difficult for a three sometimes to find health because they are so um, uh, elevated and exalted for their effectiveness, not for who they are. And that's what our culture does so badly is you're effective and you're an achiever, so you're awesome. But that's not actually what makes you awesome, right?
0: Yeah, and... Uh, as we go through this, I self identify as a three. So when yeah. Renaud's talking about that, like I'm like, absolutely. My my greatest fear is that I am loved for what I do and what I accomplish, not for who I am. That's right. So And yet, yet simultaneously,
1: yeah, yeah. I bet you constantly feel like I better do more. Oh, because if I haven't done enough I won't be loved. So yeah, you like I'm identity. so afraid yeah. that you're gonna love me for what I for what I accomplish but at the same time, I'm going to accomplish a great deal so that you'll love me. Yeah, because if that's what it is, if that's, that's what, what it, it takes, then yeah, then no, I'm going to do it. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. Let's let's jump in and uh, expose and you just chime on in yeah. as yeah. we as we do three here. Um, so yeah, and and um, just one thing, and specifically, the three was the very first number that I listened to the sleeping at last, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, sometimes when you do a first, it just sticks with you. And I remember uh, with the sleeping at last, the profound clarity that I got on the three, and and I've had this profound clarity on every number, I just remember this about Mm -hmm. the three specifically, is that um, the three's haunting is, have I done enough? I haven't done enough. I am not enough, and I haven't done enough. And so when you realize that someone who is typically presents as a very confident, uh, achieving, um, uh, effective person that even feels a bit self-promoting and a bit arrogant, you would never imagine that right under that giant skin is a, am I enough? Have I done enough? And that's what's driving this achievement space. And because we don't know that, we experience the three one way when they're feeling a very different way. And that's what I love about the Enneagram is each of the numbers, it's kind of like that. You are not what you seem because what you feel is different. So, let's jump into the three. Here are some of the words that describe the three. Adaptable, uh, excelling, driven, ambitious, motivated, image conscious, okay. So, the three sees the world in terms of accomplishments and achievements. That means they see themselves in that light and they see others in that light they respect and value others by their accomplishments and achievements when they're not necessarily thinking straight right mm-hmm. and none of us think straight a lot so <laughs> there you go life is about productivity getting things done accomplishing goals and winning in all areas of life yeah life itself life itself is, is a game to win is a game to win yeah yeah i love that when he says these things about this number that's me he that's speaks for me in reality yeah. he's not guessing yeah uh, they, they live by hard work, efficiency, and competency. So uh, they often say of threes, one of the things they can easily be as a workaholic. Um, but they'll do it in a way that doesn't present as a workaholic because you would never want them to think they're a workaholic, so they're gonna, then you wouldn't be winning. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, above all, threes want to be the very best at what they do. That sounds amazing. Or at least present the image of being the very best. So if they can't be the best they will figure out how to make it seem like they're the best. Fake it till you make it. Fake it it till you make it, baby. The difference between a type 1 and a type 3, and they'll do this sometimes because they seem very similar, the type 1 also is a perfectionist achieving, Uh, is this. The difference in a type 1 and a type 3, 1's desire to be perfect, three's desire to look perfect. Do you catch the difference? Now, at first you're like, "That's, that's not, no, no. Threes want it to be perfect, but if they can't accomplish perfection, they will make it look perfect. A one will keep working at it until it is perfect. They don't care if you think it's perfect or not. So, one's desire is to get things right. Three's desire is to get things done. So, there's a subtle difference there, but that's why ones can often get stuck on doing something till it's right. Threes won't typically do that. The second they can figure out how to make it look like it's done, Then they'll move on to get the rest in. Because the more they get done, the more they accomplish. They love the recognition that success brings. They want to get it right. They they are organized, self-confident, and focused, and relentless until they see victory. They can make some of the best leaders, particularly if they they become self-aware and healthy. They are motivating, inspiring, and diplomatic. Because they are trying to work everything into the yeah, system. Yeah, and
0: I've even heard it described that um, for us of us who are threes, we can be chameleons, where yeah. I am very, and speaking in the fact that it's a part of, like Renaud's mentioned earlier, that it's a part of the feeling triad, but, it's, but uh, the three can often be emotionally kind of withdrawn or deprived. The reality is I can read the emotions in a room so easily. It, it just comes so naturally to me that I know how somebody's feeling, but I don't know how I'm feeling. Uh, I can struggle. I know I'm feeling a something, but uh, out of the (coughs) way, one of my friends, Dave, who's a three describes, he says, I have a feeling. And like, he doesn't know beyond that. He just has a feeling because it's hard to go any further. But my chameleon ability can pick up on the emotional realities of everyone else and then I can put on the show appropriately.
1: Of whatever feeling is appropriate for this room. Yeah, That's right, and so what threes do a lot is because they have feelings, but they don't really know what they are. And the reason partly they don't know what they are is because whenever feelings have come, they are disruptive. They are unpredictable. They will make me look a certain way that I might not want to look in this Mm -hmm. room. So I am going to make sure I am better at the production of a feeling that's appropriate than I am at feeling the feeling I'm actually having. Do you catch that? And the reason, again, that they're doing that is not because they actually are trying to put on a show, but because they're actually afraid of not being enough and want to make sure that they accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Okay, threes most – let's just see here. uh, To your point, Hmm. I, I, I love this. Like the twos, threes can act like chameleons as well. Become what everyone needs me to be. Twos do it because they're helping people. Threes do it because they're accomplishing things, right? They become whatever it takes to fit and thrive within a culture. The Western culture has a high percentage of threes, um, a a higher percentage of threes than the rest of the world because of our culture's inbred competency, comparison, competition mentality. Threes thrive in our culture. Threes will often move straight to action, and not take the time to reflect and calculate, because time is of the essence, efficiency is key. The immature three will relate through performance and perception. So in other words, what you perceive me to be is what I'm controlling. And they are often out of touch with their feelings and do not operate from a place of emotional integrity. Mm -hmm. What you think they're feeling may or may not be true because they are controlling that. Instead, they will try to control other others' perceptions of them, image is a nagging vice for the three. I want to make sure you see me rightly. But what I mean by rightly mm-hmm. is whatever I perceive as rightly. Yeah. And when, when I have been at my most unhealthy,
0: one of the things that, is, that was always a deep fear of mine is to be found out. Uh, if you've ever seen The Wizard of Oz, at the end of the movie, Dorothy's in the room with the throne room with the wizard. And then, and then Toto goes and he exposes the wizard for the show he'd been putting on all along. And that's how what, am I most unhealthy. When I was the furthest away from Jesus is how I felt, that I was terrified of being exposed for the show. So then I had to perform better. I had to do more so that Toto could never come and expose me. So I had to do whatever it took to keep up the image. So my image was everything. But thankfully, as we're going to get to, it, and the the gospel spoke oh. so much beauty into my life in that space. Yep.
1: And as with all the other numbers, you'll see that when we have a gospel clarity and freedom and we are set free in Christ, we are still our numbers. So uh, threes will still be effective. Yeah. They'll still achieve a great deal. And in the kingdom of God, like I've said, with the reformer or with the challenger, mm-hmm. Man, you pull these people from the enneagram or from, from the, the population, then the kingdom of God does not expand Absolutely. into unredeemed spaces. Yeah. We don't effectively do anything. And then ultimately the gospel is damaged. Each of these numbers bring to the gospel and to the movement of the gospel and to the glory of Christ, a revelation of Christ, which is awesome. As with the type one, the type three has to make peace with their journey on earth. So, so listen to this. Yeah. The immature, th- immature three will relate through performance and perception, as they often are not in touch with their feelings. I said that. Instead, they will control other perceptions of them. Image is the nagging vice. The nagging question for the three is, who am I if I am not seen as successful? Who am I if I'm not seen as successful? It is said that the saddest person on the Enneagram could possibly be the unsuccessful three Mm. because they're like, I don't know who I am. So they must understand that they do not have, do not have to be perfect or project an illusion of competence in all things to be accepted and loved and valued. So here are the words, healthy at their best, threes, effective, uh, efficient, hardworking, empowering, visionary team building motivating competent Mm -hmm. self-confident goal oriented energetic optimistic ambitious Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I love that unhealthy at their worst impatient workaholic exploit exploitative Mm -hmm. they exploit people because they're working they need to accomplish what they need to accomplish fear of failure self promoting Self-deceptive, arrogant, driven by comparison and performance, overly competitive, do what it takes to win, image-conscious <clears throat> pretender. So, in in a, in a three space, even in relatively healthy versions, what a three will often do in an unhealthy version all the time, and in a healthy version, kind of the the propensity will be that they will in a in a circle they will often insert into the circle what they've done so they sound self-promoting or they sound a bit arrogant Mm -hmm. like well i I was i was part of that project yeah well you know if it it hadn't i I, you guys did a great job but uh, you know remember that the the first idea came remember what i did right and so what we experience with three sometimes is that the rest of the world can kind of look at the three and go dude stop telling us about what you've done and what, what this and who you know and it's self-promoting or asserting yourself. That's arrogant. Mm-hmm. But remember, and that's why, again, love the enneagram. that is not what the three is, arrogant and self-promoting. It's just how they behave sometimes because they're brokenness. afraid yeah. Yeah. that maybe you you missed it. Yeah. And, and here's the point. They don't care if you missed it or not. They care to be loved. Mm-hmm. And they can't be loved unless you are, they're accomplished. And they can't have... If you don't know they accomplished, then you won't love them. That is kind of where that beautiful space comes in, and so we can be of great help to the three in that, and they can be of great help to us in their gifting and beauty. So listen to this. The core desire of the three, to be authentic and loved for who they are and not for what they do, right? Yes, yes. But unfortunately, the false narrative is, it's not okay to have your own feelings And to be yourself, because no one will love you, then you'll be exposed, right? I am loved and respected if I can get you to see me as successful and competent. It is not okay to be seen as a failure. So whatever it takes, I will not be a failure. Um, The strategic defense mechanism. I must perform to look impressive, accomplished, and successful to others. All right. So how to best love the type three. And you can speak into this. Let's go acknowledge my achievements and successes. Now, uh, I, I I love, I, I'm around a lot of threes and I love them to death. And uh, it's been such a joy in this version. One of the things I found with threes is that when you never acknowledge their successes and achievements, they are, they feel the need more and more to acknowledge them themselves. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So if you never say anything to three, the three starts feeling like, I better say something, not consciously, but the more you acknowledge it for them, guess what you set them free to do? Not be self-promoting. Because you've just said, I see you. Yeah. I see you, mm-hmm. right? So, so that, that's, that's been helpful. So true. True. Understand that the primary way I give to a relationship is through my effort and diligence. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that. And thank you so much for what you're, you're doing. Yeah. But I love you, even if you didn't, mm-hmm. right? Work with me on common goals. I enjoy being productive. So... Bring common goals in. Know that I get a little irritable with details. Um, threes are detailed insofar as being detailed is effective. Yeah. They're not detailed insofar as ones. The yeah. details matter. So if the details are bogging down the efficiency, goodness gracious, can we move on, right? Yeah. Don't bring up past mistakes. I don't focus on negative, uh, on negative things. I have a difficult time facing failure unless I know you really care about me. Mm-hmm. Give me honest feedback, but also be sensitive to my feelings. Encourage me to slow down and to nurture my inner life. Mm-hmm. Remind me that it is okay to fail, for, if it is nece- for, for it is necessary for growth. It's helpful to a three to know that failure is productive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Take an interest in how I feel and who I am. So, um, three verses that they could use. First Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13.1. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Philippians 2.4, Hebrews 4.12, Romans 3.23 and 24, Romans 5.1 and 8, Mm -hmm. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and James Mm 5.16. The gospel message type threes need re-spoken to them from the rest of the community. I am loved for who I am and not for what I do. Jesus sees the real me, I am already exposed, and he loves me for the real me. And he chose to give himself for the real me in my place. My worth and my value come solely from what Jesus has done for me and not based upon my own performance. And that is what threes need to hear. Yeah, absolutely, because ultimately,
0: for all of you who may be a fellow three, we were meant to be a reflection of God's hope and radiance. God is filled with unlimited, matchless hope. And we want to bring that reality to the world. And that's beautiful. That's important for, for any faith community. That's important for any team. That's important to any workspace that we bring hope and radiance. And that's a beautiful thing. But of course, the, the brokenness enters in. But but the beautiful part is that if we rest in the hope of the gospel. Like you mentioned Romans 5, one. Therefore, since we have been uh, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Like we have peace with God. The performance is over because the creator of the cosmos knows us and likes us. That's beautiful. That's, beautiful. That's powerful. Yep. And, uh, and then the sleeping at last song, this gets me every time. I have to be careful when I listen to the song because it wrecks me. It says at the very end, the last stanza says, Now I only want what's real, to let my heart feel what it feels. Gold, silver, or bronze hold no value here. Mm. My accomplishments are not who I am. Where work and rest are equally revered, Mm. I only want what's real. I set aside the highlight reel and leave my greatest failures on display with an asterisk saying, worthy of love anyway. Worthy of love anyway. Uh, that's because not that we are worthy in and of ourselves, but like Christ has <laughs> called us worthy through his incredible love. And for me, that has brought health and life mm-hmm. in me in ways that I could have never imagined. It's gratitude for what Jesus has done. And it's tough. It's tough for all of us to continue to remind ourselves of that. But that's where we preach the gospel to ourselves that's right. every that's single right. day. So I'm grateful to be a three. And if you are as well, just know you are loved and what you bring to wherever you go is so much more than, than your productivity and your image.
1: Yep. One of the things, uh, as we get ready to jump into the four, to remember that is beautiful with the knowledge of the Enneagram is this. It helps us all now, for ourselves and for each other, see behind the curtain, right, of what we experience. When a one seems critical, what are they trying to do? They're trying to reform what's broken. Mm-hmm. When a three seems self-promoting, they're trying to make sure that you know that they're afraid of not being enough and that you need to love them again. When a two is overbearing and a bit smothering, they're just trying to help you. Each of us, when a seven forgets that they made a promise to you and is unreliable, they're just flighty. I guess that one isn't... I'm a seven, so I can say things about the seven. (laughs) We'll get to that another time. But the point is, (laughs) I can see... You now, I, I can see you now because I know what's behind the curtain, not just what I'm experiencing of you, and that's the beauty of the Enneagram. Yeah, so, absolutely. let's love those threes, ones, down. twos, eights, and nines. The rest we'll learn about. Fours, here we come. Let's go to the. Four. Okay, the original person. I love that. Title, that is so four. awesome. So good. Fours, let me just start here. You are original, even though there are other fours on the planet. So. <laughs> So one of the things I love about the fours is most of the fours I know, not all, but most, when they encounter the enneagram or any such thing, they're a little irritated that someone called them a four because don't type me. Don't type me. I am not. And I I sometimes joke with my fours and say, the very nature of you not wanting to be typed tells me that you're a four. And then they're like, no, you can't do that to me. So it's kind of fun. But fours, here we go. You are original. You are dramatic. I don't mean like like always bad dramatic. I mean like dramatic. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You are artistic. You are melancholy. You are intuitive. You are romantic. And by the way, the word romantic there doesn't necessarily mean romantic in terms of if you're a four, you're always in a romantic relationship. It means you're a, ro- a romance. I mean a, a romantic. romantic. Yeah. You love that whole world yeah. of creating unique sentiment. And That's all exactly that kind right. of stuff, Yeah. So here we go. <clears throat> Type fours are often called the romantics. There you go. Uh, of the enneagram, according uh, to the uh, the enneagram work, there are fewer fours on Earth than any other type. Hmm. You are original, Who legit known? statistically. <laughs> so There you go. They see the world in terms of beauty, the arts, and the authentic expression of these things. They desire to live a richly creative life and therefore value originality and uniqueness in the world and in others. They are very aware of their emotional state and they will often express their feelings through dance, music, painting, acting, literature, um, decorations, and design. <clears throat> they long to use their in- intuition and imagination to inspire others. Mm-hmm. They can be witty, passionate, and positively, uh, positively romantic. Fours will often engage in um, provocative conversations, and explore mixed um, mixed motives, differences, and the conflicts uh, with honesty, so in other words, they just they want to dig in and, and see what 's behind everything. they long to be true to themselves and deep and deeply value authenticity. They can detect phony manipulation in others quite easily. Mm-hmm. They represent well Hamlet 's infamous plea. To thine own self be true. So that is, there's the four. They want to stand out and be seen as special, for they fear being viewed as ordinary and uninspiring. They desire deep connections with others and enrich their relationships with an energy and enthusiasm for life. They represent the beauty, creativity, and emotional um, honesty that God expresses in his word, in his story, in his song, and in his poetry. So really, really beautiful. Um, unhealthy fours have been known to give themselves to sort of a critical, melancholy, depressed, and self-loathing spirit. So when they don't feel their uniqueness, they slip very quickly into a, almost the opposite of their energetic mm-hmm. expression. Yeah. While they don't necessarily like it, they may easily be, um, get comfortable there and wear that as their identity, leading to what, we could, uh, to what could be a self-destructive pattern. This can eventually be triggered by a transfixiation on a past mistake. Yeah. Their identity becomes this reality. Yeah. This can ultimately lead to suicidal thoughts as well as abuses of drug and alcohol as mechanisms of escape. Yeah yeah and just to touch on that really quick
0: with um, one of the the reasons that a four can they can enter into some of the most difficult expressions of emotion that you just got onto is that, like you mentioned before, they can be very melancholy or even called moody. But for those who are in relationships with fours, it's important to not label the uh, person as just moody. Because what you need to understand about them is that this is uh, a person who is not afraid to wade into the waters of deep emotions. Yep. And they are trying to dig places that, honestly, you probably aren't willing to go. But they're willing to go there. So the, most, the best thing we can do is just journey with them without judgment, without going, oh, there you go being a drama queen or being melodramatic or being whatever because that only makes them withdraw more and into yep. those emotions yep. and the negative cycle yep. of that.
1: And, and again, this is what we said earlier in, a, in, our, in our chat here, where the twos externalize their feelings. I wanna feel, I wanna experience the feelings of everyone around me and I'm very good at that so I can help them. The threes control their feelings. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what they are because they pr- produce false ones. Yeah. The fours feel their feelings. Yeah. And, and if you're going to be a human that is willing and courageous enough to let your feelings be felt, then what can you expect of that human? They will be profoundly energetic and uh, creative and passionate and profoundly melancholy and dark and sad because they can. Yeah. They can get stuck in one or the other. And that's where the community can be with them and move them back and forth. So love the way you said that. They tend to long for what they don't have to the point that they miss out on the things they do have when they're in the darker places. Their attention cycles to the best of what they see is missing. And this, by comparison, makes whatever they do have have a dull and meaningless sense. They wrestle with being satisfied and content. Romantically, they love the pursuit, and if they get the catch, they quickly feel bored because the quest is over. Now, just so you know, we we hear things like that, and if you happen to be uh, in a relationship with a four um, in that uh, spousal relationship, Mm -hmm. you might immediately go, What? Mm -hmm. They chased me, they got me, and they're gonna get bored of me quickly. The sevens, apparently, like me, are emotionally unattached and roll out as soon as they get bored. So when my wife heard that, she's like, are you, like, going to leave? And I'm like, 22 years, 22 years in. This doesn't mean, the only reason I'm saying that is, this doesn't mean you get bored of relationships. It means our tendencies as fours can, it's the chase. Mm -hmm. So you have to work differently at some of those things. uh, Fours have such a commitment to individualism, Mm -hmm. therefore as they mature, they need to grasp the meaning of community. They understand well God's uniqueness. What they also, uh, what they need to also understand is that this same God, uh, that this is that this same God is three in one. So Mm -hmm. there is uniqueness, but there is community. He is a God of connectedness. And so fours Interconnectiveness is difficult for them. Okay, here we go, the words. Oh, we're, we're good. almost there, we're but here we go. Okay, <clears throat> we started late, yeah, so we're actually on time. <laughs> um, at their very best, healthy force, authentic, love that, empathetic, introspective, expressive, creative, sensitive, elegant, uh, compassionate, caring, sentimental, romantic, original, and it says romantic again. Uh, we should definitely they're, they're really leave romantic. that because yeah. I think it's appropriately yeah. on there twice. <laughs> okay. Unhealthy at their worst. Cynical, mm-hmm. self-absorbed, depressed, moody, isolated, overwhelmed, elitist. Mm-hmm. They see the whole world as uh, they, they, they know because individualism. High strung, feeling misunderstood, mm-hmm. Debbie Downer, self-loathing melodramatic, feels defective, and eccentric. And so these are the two worlds that the fours live in. Um, The fours desire to be special, to be unique. Um, The fours false narrative. Something is wrong with me. I'm not special enough to be wanted and loved. I am a nobody. So they fight to prove to themselves that that's not true by being unique, but they feel constantly that that must be true because they're not unique enough. I must be unique and different so that I can be noticed and loved. Mm -hmm. So um, how do we love a four well? Appreciate my creativity, depths, perspective, and intensity of feelings. You said that very well earlier. Go with me into those spaces. Don't judge me for them. Showing me and telling me that I am loved and appreciated helps a lot. Understanding my need for independence and autonomy is important. Acknowledging my feelings and changing moods, and you can be honest with me about how these are affecting you. So just a- a- acknowledge them. Don't pretend or don't judge, but acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. I see that you are in this place right now. That you know that's sometimes hard for me to understand, but I am with you. You know, I see you. I see you. Please don't try to fix my emotions. With fours, like, don't, don't do that to fours. Don't try to fix the emotions no because their off. emotions yeah. are not actually broken. They're just being felt. And the rest of our, the human race doesn't really know how to feel our emotions super well. So we're a little afraid that they might be broken. Just loving, lovingly listening to me and trying to empathize is super helpful. Do not offer easy solutions for my pain. They aren't any. And even if they were, I wouldn't want them. Because I'm not feeling pain to try to get out of it. I'm feeling pain because I do feelings really well and I want to understand it. So don't don't try to get me out of it, but let me work through it. Keep in mind that criticism easily activates my feelings of shame. So be careful with this. Doesn't mean never criticize, but be careful. Don't allow yourself to be controlled by my moods. Mm. Stand your ground in an honest and caring way, especially when I become unrealistic. Help me see my unique value and, love, and to love myself. Lighten me up. I love that. Each of us in our place needs someone to pull us from our place of darkness, right? But only when I want to be lightened up. Mm-hmm. So there's the trick with fours. Don't try to lighten them up every time they're not lightened up. Learn to lighten them up when they want to be lightened up, but they can't quite lighten themselves up. So a four sometimes just wants to be in this place, but sometimes they want out, but they can't get out, but you can help them out. Mm -hmm. So, and then help me see others' sides to a situation when I am offended. Therefore, I can better see if it was just a misunderstanding. Encourage me to be creative and to make my creative work publicly available to others. Mm. Don't tell me, that I'm being too sensitive or overreacting, I get it already. That's the key part. Believe me when I tell you, world, fours get it that they are overreacting or that they are uh, oversensitive. But that is who they are, and it is both their gift to the rest of the world as well as the curse they live with, Mm -hmm. just like each of us are a gift to the rest of the world, and we have Mm -hmm. a curse we live with. Yeah. So here it is. Bible memory verses, John 15, 4, And 11, uh, abide in me and I in you. It's this, we do this together. You don't have to be alone. We are connectedness. Psalm 103, 12, Micah 7, 19, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. The gospel message that the four needs to hear preached to them and preached themselves. I am uniquely and particularly loved by Jesus because in his love, He has noticed me and graciously called me into relationship with him. I can relinquish to him my sense that something is missing or broken beyond repair. I am complete in Christ. So it's saying for the four, the gospel message you need to hear is this. Jesus does love the world collectively by his redemptive work for us. But he loves me individually because he made me just this way. And he loves me just this way. And he loves you individually. He made you just that way. That's why I love that uh, Ephesians 2.10 says, I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works prepared in advance for me to do. What a beautiful thing that God doesn't just go, you all do this. He's like, I got something. You matter. And I have a special thing for you. Fours, he has that for you. And he made you this way because he needs you this way. Yeah. So that is the four. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: Four is you are a reflection of God's creativity and depth, and that is a beautiful gift that you bring to the world. Live in that space. And uh, just to build off just that last thing you said about the gospel message, they need to realize that like through Christ they've already found completion. The, the, the purity that they're looking for in creativity He's already been met in Christ. Now we're on a journey of discovering that, but what uh, in Sleeping at Last, of the Fourth Song, it says, What if we already are who, who we've been dying to become? Mm. Isn't that deep? Like, man,
1: that is such a beautiful. What if thing. we already are what we're dying to become? Man, and- I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't. It's great for the fours, but I want Yeah, it I need that too. Yeah. I want it. Yeah,
0: that's, that's the gospel. That is the beauty of the gospel, that we don't earn it. We don't do anything to add to it, that Jesus already loves us, that Jesus loves you. So to all you fours out there, thank you for all you do mm-hmm. to bring God's creativity and depth to the world. Amen. Awesome. Well checking the time. We have a couple minutes for a couple quick questions. We've been receiving a few questions, so if I don't have a chance to get to your question, sorry about that. Uh, come and talk to either Renaud or me in the lobby uh, on Sunday. And we'd love to talk to you about it, but uh, just a couple questions that we have received throughout <coughs> our time together. Um, we had Michelle asking, is there any way that someone presents as one number, but is actually another? She was just curious.
1: Okay, so yes, very much so, and, 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 and here's how. And I think if you go back to the first podcast we did, we, we covered some of this in this sense. What you'll find with the Enneagram is that each number then has a number that they become like in a negative form when they are under duress or stress mm-hmm. and a number that they become like when they're uh, the positive characteristics of another number when they're positive. So for example, a seven like me, yeah. when I'm stressed, I begin to behave in the negative list of the one. Okay. But when I am at peace and at rest, I behave like the positive list of the five, which we'll deal with next time, right? So if I have been under long haul stress in my number and I am under trauma, you might think I'm a one because when you observe me, most of my behaviors fit the negative list of the one, but I'm actually a seven under stress all the Mm -hmm. time. You with me? So- It is very possible that you're watching someone and you're identifying what you think they are by their behaviors Mm -hmm. and you get it wrong because their behaviors are expressed because they're under stress. So that's why the Enneagram generally says don't guess. Don't guess somebody's number. And here's why. Because most personality tests you can guess because it's purely behavioral or cognitive. This one is that deep sense of who I am. So that's why I always tell people take the test. Sometimes on the test, you'll get a number, mm-hmm. but go read the chapters. Here's yeah. why. You, that you know the number you are, not because you go, yep, I behave that way. It's you read that, you feel this way. Yeah. Yes, I do. So more often than not, you can discern by the behaviors. Absolute. This is a seven behaving like a one, yeah. but there are occasions when you might not. Yeah. So just be careful. And yes, one number can behave like another. Yeah. Last thing about that question. Mm-hmm. We don't... So just behave like our number. So just, let me just, like, this is not a box. Like, if I'm a seven, I will never be productive. not the horoscope. No, 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 I can be productive. Oh my gosh, a lot of times, I can learn skills. I read business books. I get better (laughs) at things. I read, uh, so my point is, we all, as we progress in life, get better and better at things and become more and more able to behave Mm -hmm. in multiple spaces. I'm terribly disorganized. I am. But over 20 years, I've learned to be organized enough to be able to manage big things. So I'm pretty organized now. I'm pretty effective. Not because I'm naturally so, but I've learned to be. So don't think in your heads. Once I know someone's number, I can now predictably know exactly what they're going to do in exactly every moment. No, you can't. The number is just... A helpful starting point for how I feel. Yep, I hope that helps. Is unique, and everyone is more than their number. I always say we are more than our number. This is just a point of vulnerability that exposes some of ourselves.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I know that for me, when the first time I took an enneagram test, uh, I it came printed out as I was a two, and then I realized. That then I read the chapter for a three and I just started crying, you know, and I wanted to hide that chapter from my wife, Allie, because I was like, if she knows she's going to know the real me, that's terrible. She's going to reject me like God would too. And then I was like, well, maybe not. But I, of course, got, went with a two because as somebody who, who wants to love people well and love God well as a follower of Jesus, of course, as a three, I would be a chameleon to
1: be the most servant hearted one. See, that's not And, and hear what he's just saying, right? He figured out... In the Christian circles, what makes you the most accomplished is how servant-hearted you are. So he became a two because twos are highly sought after in the Christian community. Yeah. And he's behaving like a two when he's actually doing it because he's a three. Absolutely. And that is a great answer to your question. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is all the time we have
0: for today. I would encourage you, if you have not checked out the Sleeping At Last podcast. It's also on YouTube. You can type it into YouTube. Check it out on there. And also Road (coughs) Back to You by Suzanne Stabile. That is also a great resource. Um, But with everything, we will be back here next week, same time, same place, as we journey into our last of the triads. I can't wait. It's It's going to be be awesome. Fives, sixes, and sevens. And next week, and we have our resident seven that'll be here. To speak into yeah, that. Baby, so I'm a seven, and I love it. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week. Thanks, guys.